0: Welcome to Pep Talk with Grace. I'm Grace and every episode I bring you a short podcast with, you guessed it, a good old-fashioned pep talk. Each time we dive into a new area of life, business or career, something that we could all do with a little pep talk on. It'll be informative, practical and most of all a little bit inspiring. So let's jump on in. Kia ora everybody and welcome to another episode of Pep Talk with Grace. This time we are talking all things hobbies and finding your joy. So science very clearly tells us that having activities in your life that you enjoy doing just for fun is such an important element of mental health and just all-round good emotional well-being. I Feel you know, like we all know that kind of deep down, but in reality, it is really hard to actually do those things. It's kind of like it feels like this niggling feeling that you know you should sort of be doing something about, but because this stuff is often you know, it doesn't have a productive output, it kind of just naturally gets dropped to the bottom of your to-do list. It goes below work and washing and cooking dinner and your skincare routine and your kids' activities and just about everything else pretty much. And really, I mean, just surviving as an adult in the modern world maintenance level survival is genuinely already hard enough. It's really difficult to imagine also living a really fulfilled and happy life around that sometimes. So I feel like even though we know that this is something that we'd like to do more of uh, and maybe we've even found the time to make it happen which can be half the challenge, it can then be really hard to know what to actually do. I feel like we kind of forget, after a while, what what do we actually like doing for fun? It, like, it can actually be quite hard to get back in touch with that after you've gone quite a long time without such activities. So there's a few things that I'd suggest that I found quite helpful to help you figure this out and kind of come up with some ideas of what you might like to do for hobbies or fun or joy or whatever you want to call it. So firstly, I want you to write a big, mindless brainstorm of ideas. And by mindless, I mean, don't overthink it. Don't worry, you don't actually have to do everything on the list. But what I'm wanting is you to do just a huge brain dump of ideas. They can be totally weird, crazy, and feel unattainable. They can be the kind of things that you write down and you're like, Ooh, where did that come from? It doesn't matter. This is the golden rule of brainstorming, which you'll definitely know if you've ever done any kind of like corporate teamwork activities. But don't evaluate as you go. Don't judge the ideas as you write them down. Just write down every single thing that comes across your mind. Then once you've got a plethora of ideas of potential activities you might like to do for fun, you can then go back over the list and pick some that really stand out to explore further. Secondly, I want you to try and tap into and remember what you used to enjoy doing for fun when you were younger. Because we know when you're young, you're so encouraged to try new things and explore what you love. Bike riding and drawing and playing with mud and trampolining and building forts and your time is just packed with unproductive stuff in a good way. So it's really helpful to spend some time remembering your childhood and remembering what you enjoyed and that could kind of spark some ideas of what you might like to do now. Like random examples, did you love the trampoline? Maybe you should take yourself to the trampoline park and bounce for fun. Did you love bike riding? Maybe try mountain biking or hire a bike somewhere and just ride. Did you enjoy setting up your doll's house and decorating with furniture? Maybe learn a bit about and try out some interior design. And then finally, try and make a list of all of those things where you're like in your head one day like you just kind of assume that one day you'll get around to it and one day I'll do this etc I did this activity when I turned 30 and that was kind of the point when I realized that one day was kind of starting to come around and (laughs) that I better get on with it if there were things that I always thought that I would do I should probably kind of get a bit of a wriggle on and we all know like life is uncertain this is weird times one day might not actually come and one day in actual fact is right now. So again write those ideas down and get on with it. Once you've got a few ideas from all of that, all of that thinking and deep introspection has given you some cool ideas of things that you might want to try for fun, start to do some research like just start googling things and there's so many classes and courses out there You can find information on how to do pretty much anything. And then just commit to signing up to or committing to one thing just to get the ball rolling. And do it. Do it soon. And get on with it. I personally have a goal where I try and do one kind of joy or fun activity per month. And I know this is probably really geeky, but I do kind of tend to run my my personal development life a little bit like a corporate business plan. Which is maybe not surprising given my background, but basically I have annual, quarterly, and monthly goals. And then at the end of each quarter, I look back on the past three months, and then I look forward to the next three months. And I set some plans like, what will I do each month for fun? And then I write that list, and then I transfer it over to my diary as like a to-do list list task so that I make sure it actually gets done and yeah I mean that's probably kind of sad that I have to go to the extreme to make sure I do stuff for fun but that really is the reality of grown-up life and some examples of things that I've kind of done for fun myself in this kind of context are punch needling I went to a workshop and then I now do it at home uh, reading I go to a regular book club which I love and I read every night before bed Cooking and baking can be fantastic for that. I love baking, of course, and um, if you're into mindful baking, check that out as well as as something you can give a try. It's kind of like slow baking. Uh, If you look up my friend Sally, who is from Crumbs and Doilies and does Cupcake Gemma over in the UK, she has some fantastic mindful baking activities. I've also learned French and I well or reignited my learning of French from school I get regular massages and occasional facials I'm actually going for a massage this afternoon which I'm very excited about I love paddleboarding, ice skating going to the trampoline park I genuinely do love doing that uh, I signed up for a painting class I get my nails done every month, Uh, I've been parasailing, and then another good example is this podcast. So those are all things that I've kind of done in the last couple of years that have you know things that I do for fun that I enjoy and that's so personal to me so I'm not expecting you'll do the same things um but another point I think there is that I'm not afraid to do these things by myself like I think there's a real power in not needing someone to hold your hand (laughs) to do these things like put on your big girl pants you're a grown-up get out there and just do stuff like I know it can be scary putting yourself out there and being vulnerable and trying new things by yourself but It's also pretty cool like two things I've done recently myself I went parasailing by myself like I didn't even get anyone to come and watch and take photos I just took myself down there I did it and I came home amazing experience and then I've also been to a fun painting class by myself and Pretty much everybody else there was with a friend, but it really didn't matter. I had a great time and I learned something new and I pushed myself out of my comfort zone. So you you just need to get comfortable with your own company because you spend a lot of time with yourself and you know, I think you're pretty cool. There's also a few things on my list that I want to do that I haven't done yet, like, for example, I'd really love to sign up for some cooking classes and get a little bit master chef on that, and then I also, weirdly, I don't know where this comes from, but I really want to do a hot lap in a race car, so I'm going to try and get around to that maybe this summer, so I'll keep you posted on those things. I also see some really great examples from people around me who are doing really interesting things for fun and for hobbies like my friend Matt who has a little woodworking studio off his garage where he makes awesome things out of wood my friend Sam she recently told me she started doing lego in the evenings and then also I mean Sam is amazing she also runs uh, or does iron women events and marathons so lots there oh and she loves to bake as well Uh, Some of my friends, Jen and Rach, started going to pottery classes, which I think is really cool. My husband, Brad, and one of his friends go skateboarding, because they used to do that when they were younger, and now they're like old guy skateboarders, but they love it. Um, My sister, Fran, does beautiful cross-stitching, and then my lovely friend, Rosie, who I actually went out for dinner with last night, she has a horse, and she goes regularly horse riding, because that was always her passion when she was younger. So these things don't need to stop when you get older, and they don't need to be huge. They can be little things, but they just keep your activities and your interests and things you do for fun going. So, as always, I love to get a little bit of outside expertise on these pep talk topics. As you know, these topics are as much for me as they are for you, and I love to learn and talk to people about these things as well. So, a book I read recently, well, actually, I listened to an audiobook of it while I was driving to work, gave me the idea of a perfect person to shed some light on all of this for us. Lauren Keenan is the author of the 52-week project, a book that you might have seen come out not too long ago. So after finding herself a few years ago in what she called her downward spiral of suck, feeling lonely and just in a dark place, Lauren had this idea to do one new thing a week for 52 weeks to help pull herself back from the suck. I mean, what better a person could there be to talk about hobbies and activities and joy than someone who has just tried 52 new things? So happily, Lauren agreed to have a chat with me and share some of her tips. So let's see what she had to say on all of this.
1: As I say in the opening of the book, I had a winter in which I was terribly lonely. I was bored. Things just weren't going well. I was experiencing what I describe in the book as being the downward spiral or suck. You know, we've all, you know, we've all been there. And I think with COVID and lockdowns and lockdowns and COVID and all of that stuff, we're just all experiencing a degree of that in our lives at present too. When you just feel like because you're, because things aren't going well for you, the little things become big things, and. Because you're feeling low, you do all of the things that you're not supposed to do to feel better about yourself You know, you you sleep all day, you eat all the pies You don't do exercise, you watch too much TV, you doom scroll for hours And the end result is You just feel worse about yourself because the downward spiral of suck just has you in its dastardly claws And that was the experience that I was facing back then and I just really needed to try something new So I decided to Try something new. Uh, Fifty-two new things, in fact, one a week for an entire year. I think that best <coughs> described as a mix of the big things and the small things. You know, the, the big ticket things I did. You know, I swam with sharks. I fed lions. The most terrifying was doing stand-up comedy. It was just terrifying. I still can't believe I actually did that. I was so scared. <laughs> terrifying. Now I went on a I went on an overnight tramp which I'd never done before. I went mountain biking which I'd never done before. And I did a lot of things that really pushed me out of my comfort zone in terms of being up high because I'm quite scared of heights. You know, I did I went somewhere called adrenaline forest where you go in <coughs> harnesses and you're you kind of you are so high you just know you're gonna die if you fall. I did zip lining, things like that. <clears throat> so those are the big things that I did. But I also did a lot of very little things that i would just never done before. I okay, got yeah. a manicure, I went cross stitch, I went trick or treating. You know, they're all things that, as I was doing them, people would say to me, how have you not done that before? But I just hadn't. You know, there's always things that other people have done that we haven't done. Not because we don't want to, it's more that we just don't get around to it, and we just don't prioritise them, and we just don't give ourselves the permission space to do the sort of things new things that step us out of our comfort zone in a good way and make us ultimately feel much better about ourselves and in many ways it's the little things that actually stuck with me more now i still do i still do cross stitch now i have one that i'm um, working my way through at present a toucan it's quite boring you know that the stand-up comedy was definitely the highlight in terms of putting me out of my comfort zone and, and the thing that i'm most proud of having done but then mountain biking is of all of the things I did that's the one hobby that I've really you know I've done the cross stitch but mountain biking I discovered something that I really love I bought a mountain bike later it's something that I enjoy immensely so it gave me something that was just stuck with me but in terms of the other ones it's just really hard to decide which one is my favorite the other thing too is when you're young you don't have to be good at things and I think as adults sometimes we feel like if you're not good at something you shouldn't try it And I think a hobby is just something that you do to fill time, that brings you joy. And I think that if we go any deeper around the parameters of what that might mean, we can tie ourselves in knots a little bit. You know, I've had a really interesting ongoing conversation with a friend recently about the difference between a hobby and a job as well, especially for example, my writing. You know, my writing is a hobby that is now paying dividends in terms of having books and publications. But I still feel like it's a hobby because I fundamentally do it because I love it. I, th- I think some people do try and monetize their hobbies and sometimes it works but often it doesn't. I've had a number of friends over the years who have tried to monetize their hobbies and then as soon as they have to do it, this puts an obligation on you and part of the joy is lost because it's not the thing you do for fun on a Saturday afternoon, it's a thing you've got to do at 9am on a Monday morning because it pays the bills. You know, I think the thing that I would say, and I'm also aware that this is a very unpopular opinion in some circles, is that it's not about having not enough time, but it's about being more mindful about how you use your time. Like, sometimes I go through weeks and even months when I feel like I have no free time, but then my little screen report thingy tells me I've been on my phone for six hours a day. Like, six hours a day? And If you are going to design your life and, and say, how do I want my next week to look? I wouldn't say I wanted to be online for effectively the amount that is a full-time job. So it's about, sometimes it's about having a little more discipline about how you use micro moments as well. Like I think you you using the puzzle is a good example because you don't have to have a long puzzle session. It can be five minutes, it can be ten minutes. It can be what you do instead of scrolling Twitter. I read a really good book on burnout, actually. I read it after I wrote 52-week Project, so it's not reflected in there. But it talked about how one of the small ways you can offset burnout is to use your micro moments more carefully, and I really like that. So I've stopped surfing my phone in those little down pauses, like waiting for a bus, waiting, even, I used to even just look at my phone, you know, I'm in the, the checkout at New World, and I'd look at my phone. So just try not to use those moments for surfing for something that doesn't ultimately take you forward for me there was like three phases of choosing the new things one was the things i always meant to do and they were the things i did first I'd, I'd wanted to get a makeup lesson for some time i just hadn't been brave enough um, i'd wanted to wear red lipstick i wanted to go to adrenaline forest the place that took me up high so in a way the first dozen or so things were things that I'd already been um psychologists call it the pre contemplation stage for doing things. The things that had occurred to me. About a third of the ideas were ideas that other people gave me. Some of them were things I never would have done otherwise. Stand up comedy is a good example. Some of them are things that just didn't occur to me. Like I'd never heard of pedal warding before before my year of new things. Like, I literally had never heard of it. Partly because I'm from Wellington, and Wellington is, you know, it's raining for much of the year. And when they... And and then as soon as someone told me that they did it, it turns out I know all these other people that actually do it, and then I did it, and now I'm often walking down by the waterfront and I see people, and I'm like, oh, they're pedalboarding, you know? I just thought that was just weird surfboards. (laughs) So, So that was the case for some of them, and some of them were just things that were actually circumstantial you know like uh, the caricature I was just walking down the street I was in a market with some friends and there was someone there doing a caricature and I was like sweet I'll get in line that was also the case for the mechanical bull I, I didn't go out and find a mechanical bull I, I was just walking literally walking down the street and I saw a sign and they said have you ever wanted to write a mechanical bull and I was like sure <laughs> yeah I think my biggest takeaway from the year of new things was probably the sheer amount I can actually do by myself. I started the year quite lonely, quite unhappy, and I wanted to do things with other people as a way of connecting and reconnecting. I went out to a lot of my friends and said, let's do new things together, this will be great, and I got a lot of really good ideas, and I did do some things with some friends, but most of them I still actually did by myself, or I had to drive by myself. And that was really good learning for me in the end because I think when you look after yourself and your own interests and your own self-interest, you're a lot better protected and a lot more resilient than if you rely on other people because, you know, my friends, my friends are lovely. They're not assholes, but they've got their own lives. People have their own lives. And just because you really want to do something doesn't mean it's a priority for somebody else. And a lot of people do like things in their abstract They like the idea of doing something, but that doesn't mean they're going to actually commit to doing it this Sunday because they've probably got other things on or they probably just want to sit at home in their pyjamas and watch Netflix and it's okay.
0: Thank you so much, Lauren, for sharing that. It was wonderful to talk with you, especially having just listened to your book. And that story is just fantastic and I'm sure you guys will find as inspiring as I did. And talking to Lauren and hearing about her 52-week project also actually reminded me of something really cool that my mum did for me that was quite similar. When I was 18 and at university and I struggled with anxiety at that time, I came home for the uni holidays and my mum had started this project for me and she actually called it the Get Grace's Mojo Back project, which was really sweet. And she planned all of these activities and new things for me to try to boost my mental health like she signed us up to go to golf lessons together very random but actually really fun and going to the driving range try and trying acupuncture things like that like of course it's not a cure-all fix for mental health issues (laughs) these things are like you know a slow and hard journey but as Lauren has showed it really can help as that first step just to help get you out of the downward spiral of doom Alright team well that's all for now. I, I can't wait to hear what joy activities you guys get stuck into and please if you have any tips or, or ideas on the ways that you bring a little bit more fun and joy into your adult life I would love to hear them. I'm always keen to hear ideas and I love talking about this so head to app pep talk with grace and share your tips and ideas with us. Thank you for joining us for another fun pep talk. I loved diving into this topic. It's definitely been a timely reminder for me as well to scroll a little less and do a little more stuff just for fun. And I really hope it has been for you too. Until next time, bye.